Welcome back to another Daily Walk. Well, today I want to talk just a little bit about one of the descriptions of the parable of the lamp. Now, the parable of the lamp actually shows up a few different places in a few different ways in Scripture. Um, one of those, of course, is the, uh, the time in the Sermon on the Mount. That's the one we're going to be looking at here today, which is going to be in Matthew 5. There is another um, retelling of it under a certain different circumstance in Mark 4, which is also paralleled in Luke 8. And then there is another parable of the lamp in Luke 11. Each one of these actually has slightly different subtext, slightly different tones, and slightly separate um, uh, final points and final applications. And uh, today we're going to be looking specifically at the one in Matthew. And uh, um, at some point in time I'll do maybe a more comprehensive video looking at all three of the tellings and all four of the different places in Scripture. But for now we're going to be in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount and we're going to look at uh, Matthew 5, uh, 14 through 16. It says, You are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor does anyone light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a lampstand that gives light to all who are in the house. Let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Now what's interesting about this parable is there are so many Christians who give such a bad name to Christ in our modern day. And this is a huge challenge. All right, there's so many people walking away from churches because of the conduct of Christians. The light that we are shining is so many times a darkness. It's so many times an evil. In fact, as I'm doing exercises in the morning, I oftentimes throw on documentaries. And today, um, the documentary that just hit that I was watching was on the... Um, the Catholic sex abuse focusing on the uh, Cardinal, is it Bell or Pell or something, in Australia, who was sexually abusing several young kids in that diocese. Of course, that was all, you know, under the blanket, under the blanket, under the blanket for a long time. Everything was all sealed. Of course, you know, really no bad consequences occurred. Well, there's so many people that are leaving churches now. In fact, I have a neighbor that was a longtime member of the Catholic Church who's left the church because of these types of issues. Now, the problem is, is that where do you leave to? Well, you can leave to the true gospel or you can leave to some other church. The reality is most churches are not actually doing a lot of good things to really illustrate and, and demonstrate what our life in Christ should actually be. And that is a sad thing. That is a sad statement. It's a sad testimony of the conduct of many Christians. So when we are living our life as Christians, we have to be people that have the utmost holiness. We have the, the utmost glory. We have good reputations in the world. In fact, Peter says something very similar to this in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12. Keep your behavior excellent among the Gentiles, so that in the thing in which they slander you as evildoers, they may, because of your good deeds, as they observe them, glorify God in the day of visitation. So in other words, no matter whether we're in the church or out of the church, one of those conditions of an elder uh, detailed, I believe in Timothy, was that you have to have an upstanding conduct, not just in the church, but also in the world. What does this mean? You're not being the perfect holy church guy and then running around in the rest of the world being a jerk. That's kind of what it means. 
that you're living your life in unity with a word we call integrity. And integrity itself isn't a word that means at its root, it doesn't mean that you're a righteous person. Integrity means that you live the life you behave. I can, uh, excuse me, you should live the life that you say you live, uh, is what integrity is. In integrity, it means, it means to, to be unified, to be in one. All right, so if a person, if a person, he walks around talking about how much, you know, substance he smokes or whatever else, and then actually smokes that much substance, he's living in integrity, all right? Um, he is living what he says. But if he goes out and he talks about living in such this, this holy, perfect lifestyle, then you know that he's out, you know, referring it up in the evenings, then this is a person who's not living with integrity. And this is where so many Christians are called hypocrites today by the unbelieving world. It's because we run around talking about the righteousness and we ourselves are getting in, caught in so many scandals, just as many scandals as those that are outside the church. And the reality is a true Christian, they're not going to get caught up in all of this kind of stuff. So Jesus is telling us we're the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Okay, now in this context here, he talks about lighting the lamp and putting it on the lampstand. And then, now that's the last part in all these parables that, that, that differ. And, um, and these are all just Jesus using the same analogy in a few different parables. So this one, verse 16, let your light shine before men in such a way that they may see your good works and glorify your Father who is in heaven. Now, of course, we want to also, in the same sermon, uh, flip over to uh, Matthew 6, 3. When you give to the poor, do not let your left hand know what your right hand is doing, so that your giving will be in secret, and your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. Uh, in other words, don't be, don't be out there doing things to be seen for your righteousness. Um, in fact, I should have read verse one, um, verse one of that as well. Beware of practicing right, your righteousness before men to be noticed by them. Otherwise, you will have no reward with your Father who is in heaven. So, the this looks like an apparent contradiction. In verse, uh, in chapter five, uh, he says, "Hey, let your light shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify God." And then the very next chapter, chapter six, he says, "Hey, don't do your deeds to be seen by men." What's going on here? Is this a contradiction in the scriptures? Not at all. It's the heart behind the matter. In the one instance, I'm out and I'm doing a lot of good works. So I used to do a lot of youth mentoring, and so, you know, and and in one city I was in, it was a very small city, and. You know, we had a really low education level. Well, I went into the city to be a professor in the college. And so, you know, we had a good reputation in the college. And, and there's people who did not want to hire me because of my Christian backgrounds. Fortunately, they were all the outside committee members and everyone else was completely agreed. So I went in and worked there for, for a while. And what ended up happening is nobody could deny the, the good deeds that I did in the community with what I was doing. And that's the thing we're supposed to do. Now, I wasn't doing those things to be seen by men. I wasn't doing all these things so that I could be, you know, people could look at me and go, oh, you're, you're so good and, and get the adaclades and the attention. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Oh, I know I'm so good. That's not the purpose. The purpose is, is that we do good deeds. We don't do them to be seen. We would do them if anybody's looking or not. 
in chapter 6, this is specifically talking about the Pharisees who were doing good deeds to be seen. They would ring bells before they're praying so people would stop and hear and look and, oh, a Pharisee's praying now. That's the type of stuff we're commanded not to do. But I leave you with this. As you are living out your Christian walk, do things that are consistent with Christianity. Do good deeds, whether or not anybody's watching, because God's always watching you. So I leave you with that. Live a life of integrity before the scriptures, which means you've got to spend some time in the scriptures, understand what God would have you do, and then walk in a manner worthy of your calling. That's what I exhort you to do. So thanks for coming along on this daily walk. Don't forget, have a look at the links in the description down below. Like the video, share the video. Um, these video platforms do not generally promote this type of content, so share it, please, on any accounts that you have. And uh, we will see you for the next Daily Walk. Thank you for tuning in. Our Walk in Christ podcast is a listener-supported presentation. For more information about how you can help, check out ourwalkinchrist.com forward slash support or our Patreon page at patreon.com forward slash Tom M. That's T-O-M-M. Digital and paperback books are available on several online bookstores or at our website. Once again, the website is ourwalkinchrist.com.